Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Four Persons Show on Blog Talk Radio. We are your enthusiastic and faithful Catholic apostolate. For more information about what we do, go to our show page at thefourpersons.com and our blog site at thefourpersons.net. To call in tonight with your comment or question, dial 515-602-9655. The number, again, is 515-602-9655. Persons show on Blog Talk Radio. We are your enthusiastic and faithful Catholic apostolate. For more information about what we do, go to our show page at thefourpersons.com and our blog site at thefourpersons.net. To call in tonight with your comment or question, dial 515-602-9655. The number, again, is 515-602-9655. Well, everyone, welcome back to the Four Persons Network. And tonight's show is intended to be the debut show of the Benko C. Benko Show. I am John Benko, and Michael C. Benko is to be my co-host. He has not been able to call in yet, so obviously he must have gotten hung up. But we'll go ahead and uh, get started, and he'll be able to call in. Now, the purpose of this pop music show is we're not just going to play pop music from the past few decades that we happen to really like. It's each time that we're delving into these songs, these pop music songs, it's to explore a spiritual theme having to do with something from our faith that we can extrapolate from uh, either the song or the story that we're going to display. And tonight is certainly no exception. Uh, Tonight's story has all kinds of irony wrapped up into it and it really is the definition of the term victim of their own success because in this particular case it very much is what happened so what we're going to be getting into is and by the way disclaimer we don't have any rights to any of this music we don't make any money off of what we're showing here We're exploring this as a spiritual exercise to draw spiritual lessons out of what we are. Uh, So we're not promoting this music. We're not making any money off this music. We're drawing the spiritual lessons from what we're going to explore tonight. And what we're going to be exploring 
is the landmark 1977 album Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. It is one of the most critically acclaimed albums in rock music history. Uh, It was a monster hit. And the band was not prepared for what a hit this album was going to be, and we'll get to that in a minute. Right now, let's start with just a little bit of a sampling of some of the music from this spectacular album.
just a sampling of the music from the album Rumors, which is one of these handful of albums that I've heard over the years. It's a perfect album. And when I say it's a perfect album, I mean there's not a single song in the album that you skip over. And there aren't many albums that you can uh, that you can classify in that category. Now, what was strange is when we look at this from a historical perspective, up to the point before this album was released, Fleetwood Mac was a moderately successful band. And by moderately, I mean they had a few top 20 hits, none of which had reached the top 10. That a couple of uh, hits that landed just outside of the top 10, Say You Love Me and Over My Head. No number one albums. So they were moderately successful. But the band was in turmoil. Absolute turmoil. Starting with Lindsey Buckingham and... Stevie Nicks, who were boyfriend and girlfriend at the time, and who were brought into the band. They weren't original members of the band, but they were brought into the band as a pair. It was kind of a you don't get one without the other a situation. But their relationship was really on the rocks, and it was the most publicly acknowledged and acclaimed um you know, turbulence inside inside the, the band. And each of them had admitted that they had some problems that they were working through, that they were dealing with, some things that were their fault. And they some of that came out in some of their music. For instance, the song Never Going Back Again that you heard in the intro medley was Lindsey Buckingham's promise that he was never going to be uh, to cheat again. Uh, he had had uh, a fling with some girl, and and this was his promise that it was never going to happen again. Meanwhile, Stevie Nicks herself did the song "Gold Dust Woman," which was a kind of a self-portrait of the drug struggles, the drug problems that she was going through. So they had they had some. They had some problems, and as a result of those problems, their relationship was on the rocks. The same was true with two of the original band members. Now, the, the name Fleetwood Mac came from, partially from the Mac part, came from John McBee and Christine McBee. And John McBee was a bass player and vocalist. And Christine McVie was the keyboard player and lead vocalist. And their marriage of eight years was also on the rocks. And then finally, there was Mick Fleetwood, founding member, drummer. And him and his wife's marriage was on the rocks. And of the six people, Mick Fleetwood's wife was the only one who was not a member of the band. And we'll get into to that later. Now, again, this band up at this point had moderate success, a few songs that landed just outside of the top 10, and they were in all this personal turmoil. But rather than just give up and walk away from the project, they decided they were going to finish this album. So they channeled all this pain and anguish anger towards each other 
into songwriting. And what developed were a lot of songs by by the band members that were aimed at other band members. And some of these songs got very, very personal. And I'm going to start with one of them right now because it wound up now this this song was the second release off the album. It was the second release off the album and consequently it was the second top 10 hit that this group had. So this group that had never had a top 10 hit all of a sudden banged off four top 10 hits in a row from this album. And this was the second of those songs released and it happened to go all the way to number one. And this one was by Stevie Nicks. And this is basically her warning to Lindsey Buckingham uh, that he better realize what he has and not throw it away. And it's a very, very painful song to listen to uh, when you understand just exactly what she's saying. She's she's basically saying, you don't know what you have and you won't realize what you have until you've lost it. And it was a number one hit in 1977. It's a song called Dreams.
Now, to those of us listening on Top 40 Radio, you know, it's a beautiful song. It's a great song, and, and, and we lapped it up. We went out and bought it, took that song all the way to number one. For Lindsey Buckingham, it was something different. Here, he, as a band member, he's being forced to play guitar on a song that is basically a threat to him from Stevie Nicks. Well, of course, he wasn't going to take that lying down. As I told you, that was that song was their second top ten hit. Well, their first, as they were recording this album, happened to be Lindsey Buckingham's very pointed answer to Stevie Nicks' threat.
That was the first top ten hit for Fleetwood Mac, Go Your Own Way, and a very pointed, very, very pointed response to Stevie Nicks from Lindsey Buckingham, and yet that's Stevie Nicks that you hear doing those powerful back backup vocals on the chorus on that song. So Stevie Nicks basically forces Lindsey Buckingham to play guitar on the song that was aimed at him, and Lindsey Buckingham returns the favor by forcing Stevie Nicks to sing the chorus, basically sing the chorus to herself to tell her to go her own way. And Stevie Nicks has been interviewed about this and has and has said that she sees with rage every time she hears those words in the song where he says, I'm packing up because shacking up's all you want to do. And we have a caller. I think this is my co-host. Let me bring him on real quick. 973, you're on. Hey, John. Good evening. Good evening. Is this Mike? Yeah, sorry I'm a little late to the party. Ah, no problem. Okay, so, uh, this, ladies and gentlemen, this is Michael C. Benko. This is the C. Benko part of Benko C. Benko. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to just review of where, where we were, uh, what we've gone over so far. I'll give you the Reader's Digest condensed version. So... In 1977, up to that point, Fleetwood Mac had been a moderately successful band. They had a few top 20 hits. None of those hits reached the top 10. Uh, a couple of them over my head, and um, and the other one, uh, "Say You Love Me," landed just outside of the top 10. Right. And they had a couple of moderately successful albums, so they weren't a flop. They weren't megastars by any stretch of the imagination. All of that changed with this album. But when they recorded this album, the band was in complete and total turmoil. And there were three different relationship uh, relationships falling apart in the band at the same time. And we just covered the first one, Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks. And we just played the songs that they both wrote that were basically shots at each other. Dreams by Stevie Nicks, in which Lindsey Buckingham was forced to play guitar. And then Lindsey Buckingham's response, go your own way, basically, oh, you're going to threaten me? Well, you know, here's what I have to say to you, which Stevie Nicks was forced to sing backup vocals on the chorus on. So the spiritual dimension that I'm trying to bring out of this is how they were absolute professionals in the product that they put out and that they they were able to channel all this negative energy, all this pain that they were going through into something that was really memorable and creative. And uh, before we continue, I just want to hear your, hear your comments on that. Yeah, so when the Rumors album came out, I was still pretty young. I would say I was maybe what, – what year did it come out? 77? 77. Yeah. So I would have been like seven, eight years old. So I have like vague memories of listening to like the radio in the family – in the backseat of the family car and hearing you know, songs like You Can Go Your Own Way and you know, Don't Stop Believing, uh, uh, Don't Stop Thinking About Tomorrow. And of course I had no – 
idea about any of the the, the relationship stuff that was going on in the band. I wouldn't right. find out about that stuff until, you know, years later. Um, but, you know, it's interesting how, like, the music just stood on its own. Like, I loved the, the music for the melodies, mm-hmm. for, the, for the rhythms, you know, all of those things that I couldn't even describe as a kid, but I just knew it was really good music. And then years later, when you find out the background, the, the stories behind... <laughs> <laughs> and and the relationships within the band you think oh my gosh like how how did they keep it together you know with all yeah. this these issues and, going and yet, on and, and yet when we look back at history some of the greatest masterpieces of history whether they be songs whether they be books whether they be uh paintings or what have you or stories have come out of moments of agony moments when people were going through through tremendous agony so I want to go into the I'm going to go into the second part here, the second relationship turmoil in just a second. Uh, but first, we have a, a special message, a special commercial that we want to play. Uh, debut of this commercial, and let me find it. I got to find it on my soundboard. I know it's in here somewhere. And now a word from our sponsor. There it is. (laughs) Yeah. A word from our sponsor, if I can find it. (laughs) We'll be right back after this message. She is a Catholic recording artist, multi-award winning songwriter. She sings contemporary and folk rock music. She has been in the music industry for over five years. Her music is her ministry. She aims to help people that suffer from all kinds of pain in life and try to bring them to the Lord through her music. She has three albums out and her music is being played on radio stations all over the world. Her website is lisamarinacole.com and she is on social media. Her music page is facebook.com Lisa Songs of Worship. YouTube at Lisa M. Nicole. Instagram Lisa underscore Marie underscore Nicole underscore official. Her songs can be purchased on her website, iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, and everywhere else. Her merchandise store has everything for her ministry and can be accessed through her website. Her new CDs will be available very soon and can be purchased through her website. She counts herself blessed that God has chosen her to help spread his message. She is Lisa Marie Nicole. Get her music today. And I highly recommend that you get the music of Lisa Marie Nicole. And I will tell you that she's going to be a guest uh, soon. We're ironing out the date. She's going to be a guest on our program and I don't want to tip, let the cat out of the bag, but we're going to be debuting a very special song that she's working on on our show. So the worldwide debut of a Lisa Marie Nicole song will be right here on the Four Persons and nowhere else. So um, we're very excited about that. Okay, so now getting back into the next part of this drama, Mike, this gets a little bit more psychological. Okay, because between Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks, it was 
right out in the open. Okay, uh, Stevie Nicks is saying that uh, you're going to, you know, the, your heartbeat, the loneliness is like a heartbeat is going to drive you mad. The stillness of remembering what you had and what you lost. And Lindsey Buckingham fires right back. I'm packing up, shacking up. So all you want to do, you can go your own way. So they're just, you know, verbal, verbal haymakers at each other. It, there's nothing subtle about it. Not the case with Christine McBee. She's much more subtle in what she does. And in my opinion, it has a special kind of viciousness to it. <laughs> you, we'll, see if, we'll see if you agree. Okay, so at the beginning, we played a medley of some of the songs from the album. Uh, we're not going to play the enti- these entire songs. One of them was one of the songs that you mentioned and it was one of the four top ten hits from this album. And it's called a song called Don't Stop, or as most people know it, Don't Stop Thinking About Tomorrow. Right. And it's a very, very upbeat, optimistic song, and it was used in a presidential campaign. Well, Christine McVie wrote that song for her husband, kinda wait kind of cheering him up. I know you're you're you know, you're upset that our marriage of eight years didn't work out, but, uh, you know, think about tomorrow. It, it, it'll soon be here. Yesterday's gone. Yesterday's gone. Kind of upbeat, you know, trying to, you know, trying to pick him up. Well, that sounds pretty nice, right? Uh, you sure. know, divorce is, divorce is a painful thing. But then she goes and she does something that I just think is just, to me, is just raw. Okay. Okay. Fresh off the divorce of to her husband John McBee. Now, one of the things that you find in a lot of these songs on this album is one of the things that drives the melody or that drives the beat of the song is the is the incredible bass line. John McBee is just a great bass player, and this song is no exception. But she's writing this song to her boyfriend, making John McVie, her ex-husband, her newly ex-husband, play bass on this song. And the song is about, without trying to be too graphic, Mike, it's about her sex life with her new boyfriend and how he does magic in, in you know, does magic things and and you make love and fun and I don't have to tell you that you're the only one just rubbing his nose in it um, <laughs> basically telling him that he doesn't measure up in that way if if you understand what I'm saying I'll tell you what let me play the song and then you give me your take on it remember this song That's, is yeah. written what's that <laughs> No, I was going to say, it's, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that, because I know with Christine McVie's passing, uh, I think it was this last, this last that was in January? Um, earlier this time. year. Yeah, that a lot of things, you know, a lot of things Fleetwood Mac, you know, were, were being discussed. And I remember hearing that story about how she had written the song about it. And I think it was, I think it was actually one of the technicians for the band. Like, I don't know if it was like one of the lighting technicians or one of the sound technicians that she was having this affair with. So just the idea that, you know, she was singing this song in concert with that fellow, you know, presumably there, you know, in the in the 
<laughs> in the concert venue, and 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 John McVie knowing, you know, that she's singing this song to this guy. Um, and I had and thought originally, play, that, yeah, I thought it was the song, on it. Um, yeah. uh, the song Songbird, but I think you're right. It wasn't Songbird. It was um, You Make Love and Fun. Yeah. But uh, and here you know, it is right here. Story. Yeah. We'll let everybody listen to it, and then we'll come back. And we're back. And Mike, so now imagine you're a bass player, <laughs> okay? 
you're a bass player and your ex-wife, and I mean, when I say ex-wife, I mean ex-wife of weeks, <laughs> you know, not even months, weeks, is, you know, making you play bass on a song talking about how you basically don't measure up to the guy she's with now. Um, I mean, brutal. it's just, yeah, it's it just really, really <laughs> brutal. Um, and yet, and yet, Let's face it, he played the heck out of the bass in that song, didn't he? I mean, it just, he did his job, right? When I listen to that song, especially like on a really good, you know, system, the, the harmonies are just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's, I guess it's kind of ironic that, the, you know, musically, the harmony was, was, was so beautiful, but, you know, behind the scenes, it was, <laughs> I guess it was a bit less than harmonious. Well, so let me ask you this. You used to be a teacher, and, and you know a lot about psychology and everything. I mean, I mean, on the surface, if you listen to this song, it sounds like it's a it's a very complimentary, you know. What would that be? Would that fall under the category of passive-aggressive? I mean, what, is, what would that fall under? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, – I, I guess would I – yeah, that's, that's a hard that's, – that's, that's a tough one. Um, you know, just on its surface, it is. It's just a beautiful song. It just sounds like a very lovely, you know, uh, a lovely ode from one lover to another. Um, right. But um, the I back often story wonder, sure like, what, changes that, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Well, I mean, I, mean, I don't know how amicable you... the separation of the McVees was at the well, time. I don't I'll, know if it was... obviously, I can't imagine that helped. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So so now I'm going to go into round two, all right? And this is Christine McBee, who we just recently lost in 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 uh, you know in the last few months. And and let's face it, she was a tremendous artist, tremendous songwriter, tremendous vocalist, keyboard player. I mean, right on down the line, she was a tremendous artist. But starting to understand that she had a little bit of a mean streak. Okay. So now we're going into relationship number three. And relationship number three is Mick Fleetwood, original founding band member and drummer, and his marriage with his wife was also on the rocks. But, Mike, his wife was not a member of the band. She was the only one of the six characters in this drama that was not a member of the band. So Christine McVie channels her inner Mrs. Fleetwood and sings the song from her perspective aimed at at Mick Fleetwood. And if you listen to this song, it's really just dripping with sarcasm, including the part where the other vocalists in the background are almost like they're channeling Mick Fleetwood singing, you know I'm so strong. Um, and they... They had a nickname for him. They used to call him uh, Big Daddy. And she's singing this song from the perspective of Mrs. Fleetwood. And and this is absolutely sarcasm du jour. Oh, yes, you're so right. I'm so wrong. You're so strong. I'm so weak. I don't know how I, I live without you. I couldn't walk away from you if I tried. Again, a song that sounded like just such, such a sweet, 
love song is anything but. And I'm going to play it right now. The song is called Oh Daddy. Michael, 
now you, I, I know you see that song in a totally different perspective than you saw it before, don't you? Oh man, yeah. That's um... <laughs> so. I'm just wondering, like, what was the, you know, what was the relationship uh, between the band members and uh, Mrs. Fleetwood? Was she? I mean. Well, obviously, Christine has picked sides. <laughs> just, yeah. Okay. So, I, I again, now she's already taken a shot at her ex-husband, and now she's taken a shot at the drummer and the original founder of the band. Um, uh, so I can't believe that everything was, was uh, you know, rainbows and, and, and puppy dogs <laughs> in, in, in the band as far as the relationship. Now, Here's where it gets funny, folks, and I mean funny in in an ironic sense. As they're recording this, they're being professional musicians doing what professional musicians do, but they're using the platform of their songwriting and their music skill to basically rip each other to shreds, okay, on a personal level, right? Well, here's the problem. The band that had never had a top 10 hit before now all of a sudden has had four in a row, and one of them goes all the way to number one. Talk about victim of your own success. Have you ever heard that expression, someone's a victim of their own success? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, let me tell you something else about the album Rumors. The album Rumors spent 31 weeks in the number one position on the Billboard album chart. Wow. Let me repeat that. 31 weeks at number one. To this day, that is tied for third place for the longest run at number one in the history of the Billboard album chart. And I'm not just talking about in the rock era. I'm talking about the history of the chart. The all-time record is held by South Pacific, the soundtrack to the movie South Pacific. Huh. Okay? Thriller by Michael Jackson is in second place, and this album is is tied for third. That's the kind of rare air this album is in, in terms of, you know, its duration at number one. Well, here's the problem with that. The record company wants to build on that. They obviously want to capitalize. This album is not a success. This album is a monster. Okay? In fact, the album that that knocked Rumors out of number one was the soundtrack to the movie Saturday Night Fever, which ended right. up the single biggest selling album of the entire decade of the 1970s. So it took the biggest selling album of the entire decade to knock this album out of number one. That's how big this album was. Well, guess what? You've got to capitalize on this on the on the success of this album. So guess what? You launch a world tour. Now you're traveling around around the world, all these dates and all these venues and places, playing night after night after night, playing these songs that they wrote to demonstrate how much they hate each other. <laughs> can you imagine can you imagine 
the strain and the stress and the emotional turmoil. I mean, Stevie Nicks is even on, on record as saying, and if you look up videos of them performing live, doing the song, Go Your Own Way, they zoom in on her when he sings that line about I'm packing up because shacking up's all you want to do. You can see the rage in her eyes to this day when, when you know, when, when they, you know, perform that song. Right. Um, so the point of this show that we're going to be getting into pop music, you know, uh, we're, we're taking the lessons out. What what do we take out of this from from a from a spiritual level? Do we do we take how something good can always come out of a bad situation or what is the spiritual lesson that we take out of all this, Mike? Yeah, I was actually kind of thinking about that earlier today. I thought, well, is there some theological <laughs> truth that can come out of this? And I mean, we certainly know that you know, we 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 are part of a you know, we subscribe to a religion that is built upon the idea that or or the reality I should say that God brings good things out of seemingly evil things mm-hmm. you know our crucified Lord being the the obvious example of that um, but yeah it's 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 I'm I'm kind of I'm reluctant to say that this is a situation <laughs> where it was. That it was the Lord who gave His blessings to this band. I don't know, um, but there is an irony, right? That that, uh, and 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 maybe it has to do with what you said earlier. That there's just something about the turmoil that maybe great art just comes out of turmoil because that just gets to the heart of the the fallen human condition, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that somehow or maybe or maybe the spiritual lesson here is the flip side. Maybe the spiritual lesson is the flip side that that you when you reach superstardom uh, and and you and you supposedly reach all the dreams and everything that it is that you seek in this lifetime, it 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 comes at such a cost, such an emotional and personal cost. Um, you know, I, I just don't. You know, I don't know. Um, so. We haven't gotten to John McBee's response, and so that's what I want to get to now because there's only one song left that I'm going to play, and believe it or not, it's the only song left on the album that I haven't played at least one clip from, but this song is the only song in the album that's written by all five band members. All five band members contributed to this song, and it's interesting because... When you listen to it, this song could have been written by any of the five band members. When you talk about the personal agony that they were going through, and they and they were, they were all five going through this personal agony, this personal, you know, strain to different extents, blaming it on each other, um, and and yet each one of them feeling like it's the the other one. That broke the chain. And, right. Uh, oh, right, and, right, right. And, and that's what this song is called. It's called the chain, and I want to, I want to play it and just listen to the agony in this song, and then, and then I want to come back and 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 get your thoughts.
to do a shout out to uh, Bring It Boy who joined us in the chat room. He had a couple uh, very uh, supportive comments to make, and uh, I'm glad you made it. And hope you'll catch. The, he showed, said he showed up late. Hope he'll catch the whole show in the archive. Like I hope you will, Mike, as well. Mike, I think they captured the agony of the song there in the outro. Not 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 just the uh, the fade out vocals, but the music. I think they captured the pain of the song. Don't you think? Yeah, it's very intense. Um, that 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 one bass line comes in, boom, ba boom, ba ba boom, boom. It's like this sort of foreboding, and then it just kind of kicks into uh, into this into into overdrive, and it's uh, the, the yeah, screaming it's guitar intense. by Lindsey Lindsey Buckingham. Oh, he's amazing. And then the, and, and then the powerful vocals uh, on top of it. Um, so each one of these shows that we're going to do here is. What is what is the spiritual lesson that we bring out of this? Well, the spiritual lesson that we bring out of this is that uh, you just got to keep putting your putting your best foot forward, right? That sometimes bad things happen, and um, sometimes, regardless of how hard we try to hold things together, they uh, we're fallible human beings, and 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 they come apart, and it's a it's it, it's a tragic situation, but I wonder if I wonder if they would make the trade, and I think that's the question. Mm. The essential the essential question is if, if if I went back in time and said, okay, all right, here's the deal. You can have this monster album that spends 31 weeks at number one, or the album's a flop, but all your relationships are 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 safe. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's uh, an interesting <laughs> question, isn't it? And, uh, that is, that is. But uh, I know, I know. For me, I can take from this sort of lesson that we can take at least some of the pain, experience in life, and try to channel it. You know, harness it, and you know, whether it's through art or whatever it is that we do, um, you know, something, something good come of it. Yeah. So I want to thank you for um, calling in and we'll make sure we're, this is going to be an ongoing series. I don't know if this is going to be every week that we do pop music, but, um, but we're going to be revisiting this from, from time to time. Some great albums from the past, some great songs from the past that seem to have themes. And I, I just thought that this, this was the first one to visit because it is so, so cruelly ironic that such a that such a classic album was created from just absolute misery. I mean, sure. it's just, there, there's just no no other way you know to say it that that uh, and then of course uh, you know Christine McVie we we you know we lost Christine McVie and uh, I think that's what brought a lot of this you know to the forefront is that people sure. were. You know, we're re- revisiting this. So anyway, that's all the time we have for our show. Uh, on behalf of Michael, I want to catch you next time on the Benko C. Benko Show. Michael, you have a wonderful night. You too, John.